0: Hello! Welcome to the LibroCuba! My name is Jordan Maywood, and I am the lackadaisical LibroCubicalist. Let's, without further ado, hop in to this episode. Wait, No, there's going to be some ado that comes in the form of me saying that there will be spoilers, and that this is most likely your one and only spoiler warning, so please take heed of it. Please. Another thing I like to say at the top of every show is that if you like what you hear, the only payment I ask is a million (laughs) dollars. No. That is ridiculous. The only payment I ask is perhaps you pass the podcast on to a friend. Perhaps you rate, subscribe, and comment within iTunes because podcasts enjoy... The rating and commenting of them in uh, iTunes. And this is a podcast, so we would appreciate that for those who have done so. A great big thank you. And perhaps even some good karma is headed your way. Thank you. (laughs) Karma sound. Okay, I'm going to push a button and that will officially get us started pushing button now. Today's movie monologue sponsor is what's the deal? Casino Supply Warehouse. Oh, thank you for that for sponsoring this movie Monday. In which I have four. Ca- well, no, really, no real need to count them because you will see that there's four, so you don't have to count them. Hey, I've done the counting for you. Just call me uh, a Jordan Calculator Maywood. You could call. You could, although I'm not good at math, so perhaps don't. Oh boy, movie the first is The Sheik. Uh, If you know a Sheik, probably the one that you do know is The Sheik of Wrestling. Unless, of course, you know other actual real live Sheiks. Uh, Back in the day, a long, long time ago, I was a wrestling fan, I suppose you could say. This was... Uh, back before people knew that it was fake, so like back in the 80s when I was a little kid, I even at one point saw Hulk Hogan wrestle live. So, you know, that's something I suppose you could toot your horn about, and I have on more than one occasion. Uh, That's probably the highest my love of wrestling ever was, was during those days, and since then uh not a particular love of wrestling but a particular love of wrestlers in the sense of knowing sort of their story and uh, kind of how they got where they are uh probably my favorite is rowdy roddy piper just because uh i like him i like seeing him pop up in things uh since they live uh his is always sunny in philadelphia purpose uh uh pop ups character that guy friggin' awesome, love him. Uh, Didn't know too much of the Sheik, or really know much of him at all, other than his uh, somewhat recent pop-up in pop culture. Huh, see what it did there? Uh, Especially, it sort of comes in the form of uh, his Twitter, and uh, I suppose if you like following interesting people on Twitter, he could be classified as one of those. Um kind of, sort of, kind of, sort of, why don't I read the imda, which might give you a little bit of the idea of this documentary. Um, the Sheik is a pop culture documentary. Hey, I've said I think all of those words already, so I'm doing a pretty good job at this. That chronicles Korsal Varziz, that's his real name, uh, electrifying clear from his upbringing in Iran uh, to his journey in America to his unprecedented experience as America's most hated villain, and uh, that was kind of the cool takeaway. started as a real professional Olympic Iranian wrestler, and then uh, moved over to uh, the fake <laughs> wrestling stage, uh, another sort of cool theme throughout that uh, if you've ever watched wrestling documentaries, which... I've actually watched, uh, watched a few now. Uh, drugs and drinking seem to play a big role in a lot of these guys' lives, just for the reason that uh, I guess they're in pain a lot of the time. So kind of sad, kind of interesting, kind of good. Rating-wise, I think I'd go a solid 4 out of 5 for this, and uh, would recommend a watch, especially if you have interest in wrestling. If you don't have any interest in wrestling, you're still going to get enjoyment, which is... Uh, what a good documentary does. So, there. Uh, Next, moving on to The Art of the Steel. Hmm. Crunch Calhoun, a semi-reformed art thief, agrees to get his old gang back together to pull off one last heist. That sounds not so good in the sense that it's kind of a formula... just period. It's kind of a formulaic movie, and uh, a lot of that, I could say, is true. Uh, I think because time is not flowing too slowly, I can uh, not spoil this movie other than to say that uh, the ending I didn't really see coming and uh, kind of surprised me. Which, if you've listened to many of these episodes, you will know that uh, I give extra marks for not seeing what's going to happen because most of the times I do. So to be surprised is a nice feeling. Uh, This movie stars Kurt Russell, which is probably the main reason I decided to watch it. Uh, Also, Jay... And I know I'm going to get his last name wrong, even though I've heard it a few times. Canadian guy. Jay Baruchel? Baruchel. Anyways, a good guy who does sort of indie movies a lot of the time. And a very, very good actor. So... I wouldn't say Kurt Russell's a bad actor, and he's he's definitely in a lot of movies I like, but uh, it's kind of interesting to see someone who's been around for so long. Does a lot of, uh, maybe not necessarily B-movies, but you don't probably, at least a lot of people, probably don't put Kurt Russell on a, on a, on a sort of field with giant, well-known actors. Um, that being said, I love him and anything he does, so there you go, Uh, As you have heard, I need to speed through these last movies because we're already out of time and I'm going into overtime here, which I always goddamn do for movies because I can't stop talking about them. Damn you, movies. Movie, the third, a comedian starring Jerry Seinfeld. Uh, Another documentary, a look at the work of two stand-up comics, Jerry Seinfeld and a lesser-known newcomer whose name I don't have in the Imbede description detailing the effort and frustration behind uh putting together a successful act and career while living a life on the road uh this is something that fascinates me um for the reason that i love all things comedic but also for the reasons that if you listen to enough podcasts uh as i do uh, these are the sorts of things that you're gonna really get a feel for for the reason that uh, comedians like to talk about this sort of thing uh the developing comedy how they got their start um all things that flow sort of around that this movie does it very very well uh it's, it's sort of uh taking place after jerry seinfeld's uh his television show by the name of seinfeld if you're unaware was off the air and people were sort of asking him, so what are you doing now? Oh, where have you been? What are you doing? And he seemingly jumped right back into stand-up which is impressive and ballsy and took him seemingly from what he said a long time to sort of get back where he was which uh, uh, is an interesting idea. One, uh, this is cool I I suppose but also very disheartening disheartening, that's a word Uh, And that is my desire on many levels to be a stand-up comic mixed with the the realization that basically all stand-up comics quite often say that you need 10, 15, 20 years to become good at it. (laughs) <laughs> so uh well, how old am I now? Uh, 3435. So I'd be quite an old man before I was good. I think if you're a stand-up comic uh and want to do that for a living, you got to start early and start often, which uh, I did not do. Uh one thing that I sort of get my jollies off as far as the stand-up comedy is to is to write things because uh although I'm not out there uh, I can't still perform some of the things that a stand-up comedian would do as far as writing jokes, trying to write funny things, this podcast occasionally having a funny thing said. yeah, It's 327 episodes plus in. Uh, there's probably, you know, one or two funny things said from time to time uh, just in the random flow of words. It was bound to happen sooner or later. I, I can almost guarantee. I'm not going to guarantee because perhaps perhaps that never happened but you know it's a thought and i'm meandering the movie gonna give four to five as well another very very good doc okay i'm uh, moving on to the last movie watched this one with the missus it is called easy a uh, kind of interesting that we had seen this movie on netflix geez friggin' more times than i can count it feels like And I always said, oh yeah, let's watch that. And then just never uh, pulled the trigger for some strange reason. Uh, I am glad we finally did pull the trigger because it was a pleasant surprise. I think I kind of went into this movie with low expectations. Uh, I I thought it would be kind of a a few laughs. Maybe along the lines of that one with Cameron Diaz where she's a teacher. I I thought maybe it would be sort of along those lines. But uh, it definitely wasn't. Uh, It was a very, very pleasant surprise. I think I would go definite four and maybe, if I was in the right mood, uh, give this movie a five out of five. I might, but I'm not going to. I'm not in that mood right now, but the potential is there. It's just because it's funny, yes, but also surprisingly funny. So so maybe that's where it has uh, some of its its extra marks that I'm going to get it. Uh, Great acting by... uh, what the hell is the actress, actually. I have the IMDb page open, which is a bonus. Uh, Emma Stone. Yeah, Emma Stone. Uh, she's good. Uh, the bad people in it are good. Amanda Bynes, which is kind of a strange thing to see. Her parents, really, for me, sort of, uh, stole the show. Uh, played by Stanley Tucci, and who the hell played the mom? I don't know, and we're out of time. I'm, I'm so over time that I'm sickening myself sickening myself had a bit of a seizure when I said that apologies let's cleanse our palate with this little ditty and move on why don't we Talk. Today's television talk sponsor is Bigfoot Boardroom, which is a television show. Duh. Yeah, okay. Oh, Bigfoot (laughs) Boardroom. Sometimes I don't understand these sponsors, but then they click, and that one does. Uh, And today's television talk, we're going to be talking about television, of course, and uh, a little television show called Dragon's Den. Huh? An oldie, but a goodie. I think when I started this podcast uh, years ago, now I could say, uh, I I did bring back the occasional episode of Dragon's Den. I know I've probably been bringing back some episodes of Shark Tank, which is basically the same thing. Uh, It's been a goddamn long time, though. So, because the missus and I watched an episode, I thought I would dust off this old gem and talk about it. Uh, the reason that this show is good to talk about is because I just make a list of some of the things that appeared on the show. Some of the inventions and ideas and companies uh, from the people who show up on the show. Show up on the show, he says. And then uh, and then we can talk about them and see if it's a good idea or not. For example, the first one, which is called Magic Touch. Oh, uh, I think I've been to a uh, massage parlor called Magic Touch, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> uh, just in case the missus listens to this. No, I have not. What Magic Touch actually is, is a coating uh, that you sort of paint on, that you apply. You paint and apply. Some 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 explosives there for you. You paint and apply to uh, your gloves so that... Uh, your touch phone your touch pad your touch device uh, will register the touch because as you know well you may not know but as a Canadian like myself you will know uh, when you have on gloves of the winter variety you uh, can't use your phone unless it's specific gloves that you can buy with this coating on I actually own a pair Uh, Or you buy this coating. Uh, The thing I like about this is that uh, you can add it to any glove. So you have a pre-existing glove and you can add it. Uh, The thing I didn't like about the the gloves that I bought is that the uh, the fingers were different colors. The fingers that you use to interact with your touchscreen, excuse me, were different colors which I thought was kind of dumb. I just would like it to blend in. Which I think you can more easily achieve with this. Uh, oh, you know what I forgot to mention? Uh, is This is the most recent episode from Season 9. Uh, although that might be different from when you're watching this. But uh, it was also the student special. So uh, all of the inventions were from students. So that was what was sort of most impressive uh, about this in particular. Was uh, This was a guy who, in his garage... Basically, it sounds like he... Did a little friggin' uh, uh, Breaking Bad of mixing chemicals and came up with this this substance that you could put on your gloves so they work with touchscreens. Pretty, pretty smart. And I think they got funding. Probably if I was a smart person, which obviously I'm not, I would have wrote down if these people got funding or not. Or the other option, which is sort of linked to smartness, I suppose, would be I would just remember. Uh, Neither of those have happened in this instance, so... You know, here you go. Uh, next is, <laughs> I've written down here, Russian boot girls. These were a couple of girls who made boots that uh, sort of, uh, they were Russian, the girls and the boots, and uh, they're real sort of cozy-looking boot things. Mm-hmm. Uh, they looked interesting. They looked like they would keep you very, very warm, much like uh, the Canadians. The Russians know how to keep... Uh, the cold at bay, so you know that's good, I suppose. Moving on to buff dude's get fit website <laughs> uh, I wrote this uh at the beginning of the week and it's now the end of the week, so I do remember it was a couple of guys who uh, had what do you call muscles I've heard of those, and uh they had a website that you could go to that would help you get muscles like them great. They may or may not have got funding. I doubt they did, just for the reason that, if I do recall, and it's been a while, uh, things that help you get fit on shows like Dragon's Den and uh, Shark Tank and Bigfoot Boardroom, quite often don't get funding, just for the reason that there's so much shit like that out there that it's hard to uh, put a dent on the market. Next is gluten-free, dairy-free presumably taste-free uh, ice cream. So this one was interesting, not so much for the idea, but it was four brothers, and I did air quotes there for the reason that two of them were adopted, uh, meaning that two brothers were white and two were black, which, uh, you know, th- that's that's cool. And uh, something I just found interesting from that perspective is that it was never mentioned. Um, which uh, I think is a good thing, actually. I suppose, yeah, the the fact that a, a pair, a, a double pair, four, in fact, brothers, two being white and two being black, can go on a show, say they're brothers, and no one bats an eye or brings it up. So, interesting. Interesting from a sociological point of view, so I mention it. Last, but not least, or perhaps least, because she was the smallest little girl, Uh, is a little girl weight watchers I've written down here little girl weight watchers which is kind of sad actually now that I think about it it's not necessarily weight watchers for little girls but it kind of is Uh, it's a little girl who basically you count what you eat using you know sticky things and uh, marking them on a board and blah 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 bling 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 Uh, she got uh, her funding because she was adorable (laughs) okay so let's push a button and uh, we'll move on to the next item up for beds. Conan, the librarian. Don't you know the decimal system? Book banter. Today's book banter sponsor is Gypsy Morph fully adjustable shoes. Uh, Thanks, Sponsor. You're uh, the bomb diggity, as someone probably has said about a sponsor at one point, including myself, seconds ago. Okay, uh, if you're following along with this podcast, and I hope you are, you will realize that I have just finished reading The uh, Gypsy Morph, which is the third book in the Genesis of Shannara series. These are all words... That I am saying. Some of them likely do not make sense to you. (laughs) But if you've read these books. Then they would. You know what? Uh, Throwing this out there. As I do from time to time. uh, Pretty much 100% of the time. Unsuccessfully. But I still do it. And that is. If you have read this book. And want to let me know what you think. You can do so. To the address provided in the closing credits. You could tweet at me. You could Facebook the... Uh, Facebook page for this podcast. You could do all of those things, any or all. And I would love to, uh, you know, hear from you. little audience participation, as they say. As they say. Terry Brooks is the author of this. And, uh, damn, these are friggin' good books. The end. Uh, no, uh, this... This is a, it was a great series. The, the combination of fantasy and uh, sort of post-apocalyptic stuff. Uh, just a, a genius idea for people who like both of those things, which I think uh, are a lot of people. And I'm going to put myself perhaps not at the top of the list because uh, there's probably people crazier than I am, but goddamn near the top of the list. Uh, okay, so um, the plot summary. How about I go into a little bit? Uh, Angel has gotten in touch with kirisen and similar in names in fantasy books. Let me throw this question out at you as well. Uh, I assume I'm not the only one in the world who does this, but maybe there, maybe maybe there's others like me. Anything's possible. And that is when there's a fantasy. Names and books that I know I'm going to have a difficult time with, I sort of in my brain will read it once and then replace it with uh, a more normal name. For example, Kyrrhusian, uh, I just call Chris. Yeah, I, I call him Chris. Uh, Simralin, I just call Sim. And uh, I do that in my brain whenever I read their names because. I can't remember names, so difficult names sort of act uh, even harder to remember them, if that makes sense, which I know it doesn't. What does make sense is to bring up the name curse, which is the inability to remember names, or uh, write them down, or anything to do with names, which was brought about when I ran over a gypsy man while receiving a blowjob. The end. Uh, Okay, so basically this is the culmination of good versus evil, which I was a little surprised because there was one sort of super, super evil demon in this, uh, and he had an army. Uh, The army, I presumed, the army of bad was going to fight the army of good, which never actually came to fruition, uh, which I was very surprised. It was almost like uh, the army of good uh, wiped out by the, the gypsy morph, Bit of a spoiler there, I suppose. Um, But you've been warned. And uh, then because he used all of his energy to wipe out the army of evil, he was weak, so the leader of the evil army could sweep in and kill him. Uh, You know what? I will say that may or may not have happened. Mm -hmm. Uh, This sets it up so that at the end of the book, the good guys are sort of tucked away somewhere in the United States of America in a valley protected by magic while this guy um, who we only visit I think once over the course of the novel who's sort of living underground uh, decides that well I might as well push all of these buttons and let loose all of these atomic bombs and destroy what is mostly a destroyed world so the world's pretty much fucked He sort of tips it over the edge just as these people get saved in their magical valley. So that's where it is. That's where we are. Oh, uh, 5 out of 5, if I didn't mention. Today's game cabinet sponsor is Metal Gear Liquid, which is of course a, a gear solidification protection product. Brought to you by, uh, you know, Namco. Is it? Anyways, I uh, have a shit ton of games. I, I think, as I, if you read the description of this episode, I think this is the most games I've ever had in one episode. I uh, did a bit of a cleanup of all the free games that, uh, if you are a PlayStation member, and I hope you are, as I always say, because uh, it's a good deal, you pay so much a year, you get free games every month. Uh, It works doubly good for me, because um, since I only play on the weekends, uh, I'll have, say, a game uh, on the PC, or a a long, uh, disc-based PlayStation 4 game that I play for a long time, And then when I'm done that, I'll sort of sweep in and clean up all the games that had uh, accrued during the time. So uh, it makes good financial sense. Which, being of a uh, Scottish background, appeals to me. It appeals to me. Which is a pleases and a pleases. Ah, there's that stroke again. Anyways, moving back into games. uh, The first one actually is not a PlayStation game. I played it on the PC. This, I purchased during the steam summer sale-y thing oh excuse me uh, it was called a mirror moon I uh, heard a little bit about this saw someone playing it online it looked interesting and it was dirt cheap so again the Scottishness likes that all of these games actually in this were either free or, or uh, in this case dirt cheap so we should call this the Scottish episode yay Uh, I am Scottish, I'm allowed to say that, right? That's that's how that works. Uh, Mirror Moon. You're on a moon. You can look into sky at another moon and manipulate the moon you're on and the moon you're looking at that are both the same because they're mirrored and the puzzles that you're solving all revolve around that fact. That is what this is. It's a very, very cool idea. Uh, implemented well until I got to a point where I couldn't figure out what to do and stopped playing. Which, uh, yeah. This was probably of the games of this uh, game, Agabin, one of the better ones. I I, I think I'm just going to have to go with a two and a half. Yeah, just just a two and a half. That's, that's what I'm going to give it. If I had of had the sort of desire to really dig into it and figure out how to uh, get through this one part would have given it higher marks for the reason that it had that desire built in me and I would have played it longer. So because that didn't happen, I got to get it lower marks. Okay, uh, moving on to Skulls of the Shogun mm, for PlayStation 4. I, I think this might have been my favorite game of all of these games. Uh turn-based strategy game. And you're uh, a Japanese guy who's killed. All This is all cartoony graphics, I should say. Uh, you go to Japanese heaven or hell. Oh, okay, I'm not really sure of the mythology in this. And uh, you've got to kind of fight your way through this heaven-hell area. This afterlife, let's just call it. Um, you're, you're building an army with... Uh, an army. I shouldn't maybe say an army. An, an army of you know four, five, six plus guys. Uh, some of them will have ranged attack. Some of them will fight with swords. You're directing what you want them to do each turn against the guy who's trying to stop you. Uh, a lot of fun, uh, fun and funny. There's there's some some semi decent comedy in this uh, for a video game. I should perhaps specify for the reason that uh, video game and humor. Although possible, it's seemingly it's harder to make a video game funny than it is to make a television show or a movie funny for some reason. I don't know why. It just seems to be the case. Moving on to Sticks. Nope. Really friggin'... Oh, I think I fucked that up. And yep. Excuse me while I kiss this guy. No, excuse me while I find where we left off. Okay, so, uh, as you heard, as I do from time to time, I fucked up the timer by pushing the wrong button. Yes, that happens when I'm not paying attention, so pay attention. Uh, probably gonna hear that pop up again in a second, uh, and be fucked up. So apologies, also apologies, if you played Sticks: Master of Shadows, because it was not fun. Uh, I should say... On that note, that, uh, again, if you've listened to many episodes, you will know that I don't like stealth games. I don't have fun doing them. Uh, What I will often do in a stealth game is try to be stealthy and then eventually reach a point where I get caught and then I pull up my guns and try to kill everyone. And if I'm able to do that, then I will still consider that game to be fun. In this game... um, there it is <laughs> in this game, uh when you get caught, that's it you gotta you're dead, you gotta start over uh at least that was how the game started. Maybe eventually that would change, and you could fight back uh I didn't care to find out because I could tell the stealthiness of this game was gonna be a problem with me uh oh, I didn't give skulls a rating uh for that, I'd go three three out of five, but yeah, I had fun while playing. I don't think I would play it again. Uh, Sticks, I'm going to go one. Like, I turned this off. Out of all these games, I probably turned this one off the quickest without moving on. Really did not care for it at all. Uh, Yeah. One one sort of shining thing of this is the story sounded like potentially it would be interesting. Like, I'd almost rather read about uh, the mythology of Sticks and what's going on in this than I would play the video game. Okay, uh, moving on to Rocket League. Uh, I felt embarrassed about this game. Like, uh, I don't play a lot of online, virtually none. Uh, This, kind of for the most part, is an online-only experience, and uh, maybe it was just because I was, you know, level zero, and the people I I was playing with were, you know, levels higher than I was, so they had different abilities and had played longer. So I, I guess I can use that to explain it away, but... Uh, like the team I was on, I felt bad. <laughs> I felt bad that they had me on their team because I I didn't score a single goal uh, and didn't really help the, the, our team whatsoever. Basically, you're in a car that can sort of rocket around and jump, and you're playing soccer. So you're trying to hit a ball into a net, but you're a car that jumps around with rockets and stuff. <laughs> yep, that's uh, that's a thing. Uh, potentially, if I put more time into it and got good at it, it would be more fun than I had, but I'm not going to. So, two out of five. Last, but uh, somewhere in the middle, I don't know where it is, uh, Metal Gear Solid V, which stands for five, colon, Ground Zeroes. Ground Zeroes. Apparently, it's not just one Ground Zero, it is multiple Ground Zeroes. That is strange. And this game... It's a Metal Gear game. Had to sit through... Ah, God, I should have timed it. A shit ton of cinematics uh, at the beginning. Which sort of pissed me off because I don't really care about the Metal Gear story. Because I know it's virtually impenetrable unless you are a huge fan of it. So, uh, oh, wait, did I mention you couldn't skip through it? Unskippable... Extremely long cinematics is unforgivable in this day, day and age. Uh, uh, did play for... Did eventually get in and play. Did my typical, what I call the Maywood special, which is, you know, tried to be sneaky, eventually got caught, then tried to kill everyone. I actually got fairly far at doing that. Uh, but then got killed and then said, you know what, I don't like you, Metal Gear Solid V Ground zeros. I'm gonna turn you off, and that's what I did. Uh, Gotta give it a one out of five for making me angry. Give it a zeros. Yeah, give it multiple zeros. Today's internet Intergore sponsor is a mattress store called Late Night Sleep Show Host, if you can believe it, and I hope you can, because we're going to talk about uh, an episode of You Made It Weird, which is a podcast, starring, no, wait, starring, hosted by, rather, Pete Holmes. Ah. Those, uh, you know, like loud clapping sounds in a stadium is what that was. Because I'm a big Pete Holmes fan. You know who who else I'm a big fan of? That is Jimmy Kimmel, who was the guest. Uh, this is sort of... This is one of the reasons that podcasts are A, a thing, and two, an awesome thing. And that is, when are you ever going to hit, get to hear uh, Jimmy Kimmel sit down and just have a a funny conversation for, you know, an hour and a half. Never. It's never going to happen if podcasts didn't exist. So uh, I love that. Uh, Pete Holmes, incredibly funny. Jimmy Kimmel, incredibly funny. Sitting down, talking, and being funny. So uh, I kind of think, and because I have, with every other segment of this podcast, gone over time, I kind of think nothing much... (laughs) more needs to be said about that so I'm not going to other than to say go watch it. Well, go watch it for the reason that it's awesome. Don't go watch it for the reason that you'll listen to that podcast and realize what a dog turd piece of shit this one is and uh, I'll never uh, hear from you again. Not that I do hear from you, but you'll never hear from me again in the sense that you won't listen to this dog pile of shit. (sighs) Ah. Moving on to Conan at Comic-Con stuff. This could technically fit into a television talk. However, because I do all my late-night talk show host viewing on the internet, um, it fits into internet intercourse, right? Right? That's a question to you that I assume you are answering in the positive. Uh, yeah, uh, Conan apparently took the show on down to Comic-Con, which uh, is pretty genius for... For the reason that, I think, out of any... Yeah, yeah. You know what? It's hard to say nowadays. Uh, I was going to say... I was going to say, and you can tell me if this makes sense... uh, Out of all the talk show hosts, uh, Conan O'Brien is more appealing to the nerdy folk. Yeah, but uh, you know what? Nowadays, late night talk show hosts seemingly have realized that uh, they want the nerd vote... Uh, and it's going to be very beneficial if they do have it. So they uh, aim their sights a little more at the the, the sort of nerdy variety, which uh, is a good thing for me, for the reason that... Well, I guess you can do the math on that. Uh, Yeah, started off with a a sort of Mad Max-themed jaunt down to Comic-Con with uh, Conan and crew where he played the uh the, the very famous now guy with a guitar that shoots flames. I cannot friggin' wait to see this movie. Was potentially going to see it in the theater, I remember. The misses and I were going to go. But uh I don't like going to the movie theater. It's it is not appealing to me. Uh it's it's being in public, uh the drive, the, the paying, that's one of the most painful parts of it. Goddamn expensive. Uh, the the sitting, the, the sitting. I, I I like a super comfy chair, or better yet, lying down on a couch, or better yet, potentially lying down in bed. Uh, if they had theaters that I didn't have to drive to pay for, could lie down in, I would be all over them. But uh, I don't see that happening in the near future. So sadness. Uh, yeah. Anyways, Conan mixed with Comic Con, friggin' awesome. I I wish. The only thing I would have liked to see is uh, because Conan, out of, I think anyone, does the best, uh, what do they call it, live feed? Not live feeds. Where he just sort of goes to a place and what happens, happens. What what do they call that? Uh, I know the name, but because I'm going to be out of time in seconds, I'm not going to have time to remember it. Uh, Okay, oh shit. Uh, Lastly, since uh, I'm out of time, I just wanted to, I suppose, have an honorable mention to uh, Nerdist. Oh, yeah, this sort of goes hand-in-hand with uh, Comic-Con and Conan, and that is Nerdist, my uh, friend, friend of the podcast, although he is unaware of its existence, Mr. Chris Hardwick over at Nerdist, also did a uh, panel, well, I guess... Conan didn't do a panel. He did a panel at San Diego Comic-Con, and uh, I recommend you listen to that. As you have heard, we're out of time, so I don't have time uh, to well, get into it other than to say he talked to Sir Ben Kigsley, which uh, was awesome. Uh, but what really sort of pulled me in was his talk with Peter Capaldi, the newest of the new Dr. Who's. And that rhymes, and you know it rhymes. Uh, Because I had yet to hear him on a podcast. So uh, what I would like is if potentially Chris brings him back to an in-studio episode and really digs in deep. But uh, from what I heard, it turned my already uh, like-to-love of him as Doctor Who into a stronger love. So uh, the love is brewing, just as I hope it is with you. You, the listener. And folks you know what I like to say at the end of every show to you, it is that it's nice to be nice to the nice. Done and done. And I mean done. Done and done. <laughs> I like Ron. This is the end of the show. A sincere thank you for listening. Time to plug some things and I do not mean But You can like us on Facebook. You can follow Jordan underscore Maywood on Twitter. You can subscribe and comment on iTunes. Lastly, if you would like to contact the podcast, you can email jordan.maywood at gmail.com. I would like to conclude that I am not a robot and that I have a theory. I've got a theory that it's a demon, a dancing demon. No, something isn't right there. I've got a theory. The best is yet to come and, babe, won't it be fine? You. The best is yet to come. Live long and prosper.